0: All right. Hey, let me ask you a question. How many of y'all ever heard of a guy named Billy Graham? Anybody ever heard of Billy Graham? All right. He was kind of a, kind of a biblical icon for America for a while. Uh, maybe still is. I mean, even lost people, you know, if they wanted to make fun of a Christian, they'd say, oh, what are you, Billy Graham now? Or, you know, you, different things. Uh, but Billy Graham, I mean, pretty famous guy, right? Obviously a Christian, preacher. Um, how many of y'all believe Billy Graham read the Bible? Anybody believe Billy Graham read the Bible? All right, how many of y'all believe Billy Graham probably knew some a little something about the Bible? All right, he did. I mean, y'all remember even on ABC and CBS, I can remember that they would actually have Billy Graham crusades on there. That that's how far we've come because they would be pretty hard-pressed to get one of those on there now. But um, Billy Graham knew a lot about the Bible and read a lot about the Bible. Man, how many of y'all would say you think Billy Graham probably read the Bible more than you? Anybody? All right. Some some of y'all, no, I'm not I'm not, it's not a competition here, but But just to the point that Billy Graham knew the Bible, Billy Graham read the Bible. Billy Graham, I mean, he is Billy the Bible Graham, all right? You know what I'm saying? And here's a statement that he made at the end of his life that rocked me. It changed my life, and I think about it often. He said, at the end of his life, towards the end of his life, he said, I wish I would have read the Bible more than I read books about the Bible. Did you hear that? He said, I wish I would have read, and Billy Graham, who read the Bible more than probably any of us, said, I wish I would have read more of the Bible than books about the Bible. And I thought about that, and I thought about that because, man, I read the Bible. How many of y'all read the Bible? You read the Bible? And how many of y'all read books about the Bible? Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with reading books about the Bible. There's nothing wrong with devotion books and things. But do you guys understand how special the Bible is? How special the word of God is, how God has preserved it through the centuries. God has kept it at his word. He's kept it protected. And do you know that it is is alive? It is a book that is alive. It is God's word. What's one of the most famous things God did through his word? How about create the universe? It was just his spoken word. He said, boom, let's have a universe. Let there be light. Boom, there's light. And and, and this word that we have is just as powerful as that in all of our lives. So it's alive. There's no other book that's alive. Books about the Bible are not alive. It is only the Bible that is alive, the Word of God, as we read it. It's relevant. Man, it's amazing that when you read it on a regular basis, when you get into it, when you need it, and you've got things going on in your life, good, bad, and different, sometimes you don't even know you have stuff, and you read it, it's just like, oh, wow. Sometimes, man, uh, it's amazing to me, I'll, I'll be preaching, and I'm with you guys later in the week, and you're like, yeah, when you preached about that, and I'm like, I didn't preach about that, <laughs> but you heard that because the Holy Spirit who wrote the Word of God took the Word of God and applied it to your life in a way that I had no clue about. Y'all kind of freaking out. We have people that don't come anymore because they thought that I was looking in their windows, man. I'm not. <laughs> Literally, I'm just preaching the Word of God, dude, and, and it's alive. It's It's relevant. He said it's sharper than a two-edged sword. So, you know, when you like try to hide stuff and, you know, I don't want to deal with this. I just don't want to deal with this. And it, when God determined it's time to deal with it, he takes that little sword and he gets in that little crevice and pops it open. And you're like, oh, but man, once he deals with it, once he's done dealing with it, once you're healed from it, once you've got relief from it, once you now can deal with it, It doesn't harm you and scare you anymore. And that's what God wants to do in making us like Him. It's relevant. It's alive. It's sharper than two edges. It's alive, man. It's a special book, and there's nothing else like it. Amen? (laughs) And and so, in that, with the Word of God, I, I fear that what has even happened among believers, and me included, is sometimes we may spend more time reading commentaries about the Bible reading books about the Bible. And, and instead of actually spending the time to get in the Word of God in the morning or at night when we are going to bed or and do, just getting in the Word, it's much easier to actually just open some devotional that somebody else wrote and just read that. What do you think? Yeah. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those, but what I'm saying is all the books about the Bible, all of the devotions all of the open windows, and I'm just using that generically, you know, one was called open windows or something, you know, the one everybody used to always read, but all these devotional books, they're donuts. That's what they are. They're donuts. Andy, what happens if you just ate donuts all the time, dude? We had donuts for breakfast, man. They were called Cheerios, but they were donuts, man, right? They were donut seeds, right? And then for lunch, let's go to Dunkin'. Let's have some donuts, all right? And then now let's go to Dixie Cream and have some donuts. Let's go and man, go, and, and all you eat is donuts. What's going to happen? You're going to get fat, you're going to get unhealthy, and you're going to get lazy. Now you're saying, but I'm reading books about the Bible, and I'm doing a daily Yes, that's better than what you could be doing. It's way better than Good Morning America, if that's even still on. And uh, I'm just saying, yeah, that's good. But you're robbing yourself. You're robbing yourself of what you could actually have. He said, but the Bible's hard. I can't understand it. You're right. You can't. But how many of y'all are born again? How many of you know you're born again? And you know when you're born again, who lives inside of you? Yes, the Holy Spirit. And every word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit. He wrote it. And he's the one who can interpret it for you. The author lives inside of you. Jeannie, you do books, right? You, yeah, I'm just picking on you because you're right there, man, dude. Good to see you, Jeannie. And she does books. If Jeannie writes a book and you're reading her book and you don't know what, like, what in the heck did she mean by that? You got a little flowery with that one, right? You know, uh, who could I ask and who could tell me what the real meaning of it is, Jeannie? You. If, so if I could sit down next to you and read the book with you right there, with the author, oh my goodness, what a great. Uh, would I have any problem understanding what it is? No. And that's the thing. When you are born again and you have the Holy Spirit of God living in you, you have the author of the Word of God living in you. Now, again, please don't misunderstand me. It's good to read these books about the Bible. It's good to look at these commentaries. It's good to have your daily devotion. or I don't even call it a daily devotion. I want to call it like a, a little snippet. It's good to have your little Cheerios, all right? Your, 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 your book that's a morning devotion. And again, if you're like, well, dude, I just started that. Now you're making fun. Dude, I'm just telling you, you're getting ripped off. There's better things to eat, there's better spiritual food to eat. And what's the best spiritual food to eat? The what? The Bible, the Word of God. But I can't understand it. But I don't know where to start. But I don't. You know who doesn't want you reading the Word of God? Satan doesn't want you reading the Word of God. Hey, check this out. Do you know what the dark ages were? What were the dark ages in history? It was a a period of history where people, the common person, did not know how to read. Who do you think orchestrated that? Satan orchestrated it. Because, and who ran things during that time? Guess who ran things during that time? The church. (laughs) And the church was the government and they didn't let people know how to read. So that, guess what? Who had to tell people what the Bible said? The church. Oh, you better give uh, half of your crop to the church. Uh, Wait, wait, I'm looking here. This is what it says. Give half the crop to your church. Otherwise, you know, this bad thing's going to happen to you. It's not the word of God said. It's what people said. I wouldn't want to answer to God for those people who misled people, but that is what the dark ages said people had to depend upon the government to tell them what was the truth. How many of y'all are looking forward to that? How many of y'all count on the government right now? Oh, government said it. Okay. You know, how about the church? The church, you better not take what I say and just walk. Oh, well, Pastor Reddy said, well, dude, how many of y'all know that I am not perfect? Oh, come on, dude, I am far from it, man. Ask my wife again. I, I'm, I'm not even close. It's an amazing thing that I can fill up with the word and that God can make something good come out. That's, an, that's a miracle every Sunday if that happens to you. You know, I'm like, have you ever blown up a balloon, right? And then you let it go. What does it do? You're like, oh yeah, that's you, Pastor Eddie. But every once in a while when it goes by, there's something you get out of it, Right? because it's the Word of God, it's not me. That's what's got to happen. So if I don't fill up with the Word of God, I've got no Word of God to give you, man. And so again, I even have to be careful. I know so many people, they start a Bible study, they start a group, and and, and, and they're, well, John MacArthur or John Piper or this person or this person or whoever. And it's like, dude, I want to know what God said. And that is what I enjoy about our Monday night and our Wednesday. I can't vouch for all the others. I know y'all have talked good and t- about all that. But man, we look at the Word of God, and it's like, what did God just say in there? And here's what God does. How I many of you, Chris, right now, are you a pretty healthy eater? you a good eater. Is he an experienced eater? Can the do pound some food? All right. If I had a t- one of them good T-bone steak, not, not, I'm talking porterhouse this big right here. And I just said, a porterhouse this big right here. All right, that's Brontosaurus Burger, right? Man, I just said, open up, Chris and I'm shoving his mouth, what's gonna happen to him? Now, Kevin, you notice I didn't use you as an illustration, all right, in that, right? But if I were to take that big porterhouse and just try to shove it in, even narrow in first, and we're there and we're going, oh, 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 and we're trying, dude, what's he gonna do? He's gonna choke. Kevin, he's a much more experienced eater. Kevin's not gonna choke on that bad boy, I'm just saying. No, No, we would just take, we would take the New York strip off and then put that one in there You know, then we would take that tenderloin out, put that one in. I'm right there with you, Kevin, man. We are into fitness, fitness in my mouth, all right? That's what you, he got me a shirt that even says that, right? And then after we've got that, man, we've got all that stripped off there. What are we going to do with the bone? Dude, there ain't going to be nothing left for the dog, man. (laughs) I'm just saying. But but here's the thing. It's even with experience, it's got to be one bite at a time. man. Do you realize everything God gives you in his word, he wants you to apply? That's why he's given it to you. He's giving you. So, man, oh, I want to understand the whole meaning. I want to know who all the beasts in Revelation are. No, dude, you are accountable for that info. When you find out that you're accountable for all that God gives you, how many of y'all want more? How many of y'all are not using what you got already? <laughs> you know, when I start finding how accountable and how I'm going to answer I want God to cut me little pieces off on a fork and say, here, and let me chew on that one for a bit and then apply it and chew on the next one and the next one. And yeah, my bites ought to get bigger and bigger. But the fact is what he gives me is what he wants me to apply. So man, when you read the word of God, understand it is like the biggest porterhouse that even Kevin can't fit in his mouth. And and back in the day, we had them, don't we? Now they make them like that thin, dude, this is ridiculous. But the word of God is still a big old porterhouse. And and God wants to cut you a piece off. And whenever you read, whatever it is God lets you understand, that's what he wants you to digest. That's what he wants you to chew on. That's what he wants you to apply to your life. And he's not going to let you know it all. In fact, what does he even say in scripture? Knowledge does what to you? It puffs you up. You're so full of knowledge, but you got no application, man. I thought the world calls that a hypocrite, don't they? <laughs> when you know all this stuff and you're not doing it, wouldn't it be better just to do what, the, what God tells you to do step by step by step? And so a simple way, I think the devil has got people scared of the word of God. And, and I know that when we get in Bible studies and we get in preaching where the word of God is just being preached and it's being taught, Man, people are hanging on. I know the world needs. The world's hungry for the word of God. Aren't you guys hungry for the word of God? You're like, "Yeah, get preaching it." <laughs> I will in a minute here. <laughs> but man, the world's hungry for it. You're hungry for it. And you can get fed by the Holy Spirit that lives in you. Today we are starting Ephesians chapter 6 and we're going to talk about children obey your parents and Parents teach your kids. <laughs> that, that's where we're at there. Next week, hopefully, it'll be uh, be the best employees you can be and be the best bosses you can be, spirit filled and all that. Then JJ's going to actually preach, and you guys might get out early then. And uh, um, and then the week after that, we jump into the armor of God. Y'all familiar with the armor of God? Okay, armor of God's good stuff, and we're supposed to be putting it on every day. Chris, did you sleep in those clothes? No, you put them on right. And uh, would you have been embarrassed if you to came to church with what he slept in? <laughs> he probably would have been too, right? I'm just saying, and I don't even want to know what that was. But I'm just saying, man, you put it on. But most of us don't even know how to put on the armor of God, and it's a, a daily thing that we should be doing. It all starts off, I'm just going to hit it real super quick in here. Y'all just remember the armor of God. Where does it start? Gird your loins. How many of y'all girded your loins today? Steve, did Chrissy gird her loins well, I don't know what she did there in her by herself. I wasn't around what she was doing. No, gird your loins with the truth. You know, all this simply means, and again, we're gonna preach on this one day, real all the way through, but it just simply means it means that you tucked your tunic up under your dress and you put your weapon on and you made the commitment that I'm gonna live by the word of God today. How many of y'all start the day off saying, I'm gonna I'm gonna live by the word of God today? Or how many of y'all just like Oh, good God, it's morning. that it a good God, it's morning, yeah. You're like, oh, good God, it's morning. Let me make it out and drive and get to work. Yeah. Oh, man, you, dude, I'm going to live by the word of God today. I'm making a commitment to it. Man, and, and, and once you're in the word of God in the morning, when you start your day, you can start it that way with making that commitment. The next thing, uh, not only girding your loins, what's the next part of the, the uh, armor? the breastplate of righteousness. And so you put on that breastplate of righteousness, it covers your guts, which are your emotions, and it covers your heart, which is your will or your desire. And so how many of y'all ever made a commitment, I'm going to live according to the word of God today. And then right away, you're faced with something in your emotions saying, ooh, I don't really want to live for God today. That's going to be too hard. Or your will is like, ooh, I know that's against the word of God. I'm going to try to justify it and I can't, but I'm going for that. No. So the breastplate is where you actually do what you promised you would do. You said, I'm going to live by the word of God. Put on your army uniform. Now you come out and you got your breastplate covering your emotions in your heart. And you say, "Uh, you know what? In spite of my emotions, in spite of my will, in spite of what I think, in spite of what I feel, in spite of what I'm, all of that, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to actually do it. What's the next piece, y'all? The feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And you know what those are? Those are your cleats. Those are your cleats. It's not about, oh, we got to go spread the gospel. You dig in with your cleats and you live according to... Kevin, if you live according to the word of God t- tomorrow, will you be spreading the gospel? Absolutely, it'll happen. Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It's cleats, man. You're dug in. Football players going out there on the front line. A football players out there on the front line. You played soccer, right? Rick? Did you ever play soccer in ballet slippers? Why? No, because you, you've got no traction, dude. You can't run. You're, the guys with cleats are, man, and if you were in football and you're standing on that front line or that, you know, you're pushing against somebody, you got to have traction. The devil's pushing against you constantly. The devil's pushing against you saying, man, you don't belong to God. You don't. How many of y'all ever woke up and acted like you didn't belong to God? <laughs> yeah. And you, that's why you need that Saying, even though I ain't acting like it, I need, you feel yourself slipping, you dig in, because you have the gospel of peace. God has made peace between you and God through Christ. Brandon, is there anything that can happen to separate you and God? No. Anything you could ever do to not be his kid no more? No. Have you done some things that you thought might have been? Yeah. We all, have. you can't do anything to not be God's kid again, Right? And so it lets you know, I'm standing firm with him. What's the next one, y'all? Help me out, help me out. Next piece. The helmet, yeah. Oh, so we got our guts covered. How many of y'all are made stupid decisions based on your emotions? Yeah, how many of y'all made stupid decisions just because you wanted it? (laughs) I wanna make a stupid decision. (laughs) What are you gonna use to convince your heart that this is not a stupid decision? Your head, (laughs) Right? Anybody ever known it was a stupid decision, but you are so good at talking yourself into things that you made that stupid decision into a good one, only to find out after you did it, it was not so good? Yeah, anybody guilty of that? Come on. Come on. I know you got, you got some smart people in here. Y'all are some smart thinkers. Man, so you got you to gotta put on that helmet of salvation knowing, dude, not only I have firm footing, I am representing God Almighty. I am his child. I'm a kingdom child i got to think like a kingdom child. This is not how a kingdom child thinks. Being afraid, being stupid, being, being sinful, being, no, I need my mind changed. And what is it that changes our mind? Faith, through the word of faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. we got to renew our mind. You renew it because it gets old <laughs> cuz your heart's like don't you want this don't you want this don't you want no i want what god wants even though yes i still want but i want what god wants and you make the decision what's the next piece y'all the what now the oh you t- you pick it up so these next one you pick up the shield of faith to fight off what the fiery darts of the devil dude here they are man uh, if i Man, I used to, back in my youth pastor days before lawsuits and all of that, oh my goodness, we had real illustrations. I would have brought flaming arrows in with tar balls on them, and I would have given a few of selective you, like Kevin, he would have been one of my candidates, Terry would have been another. I'd say, watch, Terry, put up that shield, and it'd be on fire. What happens if a flaming fireball full of tar hits your body? It's it. First, it goes. It burns, yeah, and it splatters all over everyone else. But man, I would have given Terry a shield with leather on it that thick, and it would have gone in and just extinguished. It, it had gone. Psss. Everybody go. Ooh, ooh. And his girls would have said, "Oh, thank God." <laughs> Y'all are probably all like saying, "Thank God for lawsuits, man." <laughs> no, we don't do that stuff in church no more. But literally, that's your shield of faith. The devil's throwing fiery darts at you all the time of lies, things. Things. Oh, you're not. You are. Boom, boom, whatever. Uh, and you can pick up your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Your faith comes from the Word of God. If you don't know the Word of God, what kind of shield are you going to pick up? You kind of shield? You're going to pick up a worldly shield, man. Ooh, I got this... Uh, uh, Captain America shield. <laughs> this plastic one I bought up at Universal wherever he's from, I don't know, but dude, you pick up on these fake shields, dude, and the fire goes right through it and hits you in the forehead. You're like, "Well, that didn't work." Right? This one works. But it's the word of God. You need the word of God to be in prayer to be able to put it all on. And we're going to talk about this all one day like real for real. But um, like this isn't for real. This is just kind of prelude. But but that's the shield of faith. What's the next one, y'all? No, we already got the helmet, man. That covers your thoughts. You got your your thoughts, your emotions, and your will covered. But uh, wait, before that even, what's our own? Oh, come on, man. I see you. An orchestra baton. Is that what you're doing? What are you talking about? The sword, the sword of the Lord. So you've got shoes, you've got shields, you got a you got a fancy belt with weapons on it to tuck your dress up under because you can't fight with a dress that ain't tucked up and you can't run. Man, you got all this stuff. Are those offensive or defensive weapons, Rick? All, all Your shoes, your shield. All, what are they? Offense or defense thing? They're defense. All right, in soccer. I'm just asking a soccer guy because they don't ever score, man. I'm just saying. That's the hard thing about soccer, dude. Oh my goodness. I like, I'd rather watch a sport where they're scoring 800 to 820. Well, I'm just saying, But in soccer, man, nobody scores. But so what if if you have a perfect defense, what's the best you can hope to accomplish if you have a perfect defense? Yeah, you can tie, right? Because if you keep them from scoring, and you're, you're obviously not going to score, right? Because you're you're a soccer player. I'm just I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. Where's JJ? <laughs> JJ, right here. JJ, it's the strategy. You just don't understand the strategy, and you're right. No, I'm just ADD, and I got to see scoring. All right, but, and I don't even watch sports anyways. So that's why I like literally World Series my wife, dude, because those kids, dude, man, oh, it's awesome. It'll be on this afternoon. But, all right, back. Let's pull this mental wedgie, and let's get to reel this in. All right. So if all you have is a perfect defense, the best you can do is what? Tie. How many of y'all got a perfect defense? Anybody got perfect defense? So if you can't score and your defense ain't perfect, what are you going to do? What are you going to do, Scott? You're going to (laughs) lose. You are not going to be undefeated. You're going to be all defeated. (laughs) I'm just saying, if you have, and all of those weapons are defensive, right? What's your one offensive weapon? Word of God. The sword is the sword of the Spirit. It is the Word of God. And, and it's not just some big broadsword that you start swinging around. It's more of a surgeon's scalpel. It's more of a technical tool that you got to learn how to use. And you can do... How many of y'all want a... Sur- Anybody going in for surgery recently or lately? I mean, I mean yeah, Barbara, you want you want him to bring him a machete or a scalpel? Yeah, dude. You want the guy to be his first day on the job, or do you want him to have a little experience? Yeah, the more the merrier, right? That's what the sword is. The sword is, a, is an instrument, that, and it's the word of God, knowing how to use the word. It's our only offensive weapon. So if the devil is fighting against us, if he's our enemy, When is he going to fight you the hardest? When you are trying to read what? The Word. Man, and this Word is crucial, as you're going to see when we get to these four verses. How long can four verses take, Terry? Uh, When we get to these four verses, man, you're going to see to be a parent. How about to be a husband, to be a wife, to be a parent, to be a child, to be an employee, to be an employer? You've got to have the Word of God as a believer, and not just some sword you can throw around, but it's a fine precision instrument that is effective for any battle that you go into. But you need the Holy Spirit of God directing your steps, teaching you how to use it, and you got to be skilled in that. That's why the Word of God's important. Now, how are we going to do that if we never pick up the Word? I mean, well, I come to church on Sunday and I listen to you for two hours. It's like, well, that's one big meal. That's going to the buffet, man. Golden Corral, bro. <laughs> you know, if you like Golden Corral, you probably don't, man. That's the only place you can really eat healthy, man. I'm just, no, I'm just joking. But Golden Corral, dude. I'm just saying that's a buffet. What if you only ate physically once a week, Scott? Would you be, yeah, you'd probably be hangry too, right? You wouldn't be in as good a disposition, right? You know? What if, okay, so what if you ate a good meal on Sunday and then you ate little little donuts, like one or two little donuts for breakfast every day, and that was all you ate. You, you're still not gonna get it, right? No, because I know you. You like that Wagyu. What's that name of that kind of beef? Dude, that ain't even beef. That's like butter, dude. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. You're you're special enough. you like food, just like me, man. Yeah, you can make it off a little donut. Even if it's one of them little chocolate, y'all remember the little chocolate-covered donuts? Oh, man, you you can't make it off that. How much do you got to eat, Scott? (laughs) How much y'all got to eat? Y'all got to eat at least a good meal once a day? Yeah, at least. What makes you think with an enemy that is like a roaring lion looking to steal, kill, and destroy you can get by eating little donut snacks and have enough nutrition to overcome all this? You can't. That's why he scared us all off of the word of God. Most people aren't in it because they're like, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. I don't know how, I don't know. Then just do it. Here, let me give you a plan. Let me give some. Everybody like, at the beginning of the year, everybody's like, oh, I have an app. I have a Bible app and I'm gonna read through the Bible in one year. How many of y'all ever done that? How many of y'all have quit halfway? At some point between it. Let me see your hand if you quit. Come on, man. This is, you a bunch of quitters, man. Everybody done it. I've quit dude, I can't keep up. I get a day behind, and I'm like, oh, no, I got to eat, read 5,000 chapters just to get back up to where I was, and then I get two days behind. I'm like, let's never get to stop. I'm going to just go to two-hour church services, and God, I hope that works. It's not. You're going to be hungry, but here's what God had me do early in my ministry, early in my, when I got, became a born-again believer. He knew who I was. Dude, I know it's going to surprise you, but I'm kind of ADD, all right? (laughs) HD, if that goes with it, too. I don't know, but (laughs) I'm kind of there. I'm kind of OCD, too, which makes it even worse, man. I'm just saying, if I can be distracted, I will. (laughs) It's, It's not hard. So, man, I had to figure out some way to read the Bible, and God knew I needed that. And he put someone in my life to give me, to show me something right away right away, he said, look, man, there's 31 chapters of Proverbs. 31 chapters of Proverbs. There's usually 31 days in a month. So whatever the date is, read that chapter and ask God to show you one thing to make that stick out that day whatever it is. And this was before cell phones for everything. This is back when you had them paper Bibles, man. I'm just messing. Y'all got some. But man, I would literally take that one verse and write it on a business card, write it on a piece of paper and keep it in my pocket, because I had a pocket back then. And anytime I would be thinking about the wrong thing, I could pull it out and start thinking about the right thing. Anytime I started, I I, I just found myself with nothing to do, because the devil loves idle time, doesn't he? I'd pull it out and I'd just read that verse. And there were so many days, I can't even tell you how many times, when I read that verse, and God rescued me. God rescued me by that verse. One day, I'm going to tell you one day how this all, uh, just one little illustration. Um, Some of y'all from Jensen, you guys know Pastor John, right? John Thompson, you know him. Remember Mark Mark Hubbard? Y'all know Mark Hubbard? And uh, anyways, I had those guys. When I got to Jensen, I had to teach somebody how to surf because I didn't want to be the only one with laundry hanging in my truck or my windows all during the day in the parking lot. So I taught those guys how to surf and I had somebody else with me. We were at Fort Pierce Inlet and I got them and we all went, uh, we went surfing. And then I had an appointment to go get my license renewed. So uh, they were going to meet me and they were all over Pavilion One. I was kind of running a little late coming back. Can't imagine that, but I'm coming back and I pull in and literally I stopped at the stop sign to get into the beach. You know what I'm talking about, Chuck? You know, you remember the FWC, dude? They're, they're not all bad. There's some good guys, but there's some Barneys, just like every other profession. But there, there was a guy that used to wait back there, and he couldn't even see if you stopped at the stop sign. And I stopped. I did. I promised, dude, because I knew he was there. I stopped. Otherwise, if he wasn't there, I wouldn't have done. I, I, and I confess that to God. But I'm just saying, man, I stopped. I literally did that day. Then I pulled out gently, and I make my right turn, And I'm going, all of a sudden, there's nobody in the parking lot. All my pastor friends are up there in the pavilion waiting for me to come. And all of a sudden, I hear, he puts the lights on. He's got got the lights on. He's got the siren. And he's right behind me. And the dude comes around and starsky and hutched me. Right in front of me, man. And I stop in my Azulia trooper. And I'm like, oh, what in the world? and he must have just needed something to do that day. He comes out looking for some little testosterone-filled punk that he can get all riled up and provoked and throw him into jail. I know that's what he was trying to do, man, but I had read that morning in Proverbs, a soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Because, Terry, what do you think I'd have done if I didn't hear those words from God that morning? You would have been bailing me out of jail, or at least I'd have tried to get you to, right? God, would have been, dude, I didn't do nothing, man, come on, you know. But I heard those words from God. I heard those words, man, and he comes up all puffy chest and, Give me your license and registration. Why are you like tearing up the park and not stopping? And, uh, I didn't say anything. Y'all believe that? I didn't say anything. <coughs> That's the Holy Spirit of God. I'm telling you, I didn't say anything. I give him a life stretch. He just keeps talking, talking, talking. Aren't you going to say anything? I said, no, sir. And uh, I said, do you need me to answer anything? He's like, why, why were you going so fast? Why did you stop? Why? And I said, sir, I said, I stopped. And then by the time you saw me, I was already pulling around. And he's like, well, no, you weren't. You weren't. I said, I didn't say another word. And, and I said, look, sir, I'm in this park every day, and I even help people not do things like that in the park because I care for the park. He throws my license, all that back there, and he's like, because, I mean, he blasted me and throws all this stuff back in there, and he said, I know what your vehicle looks like. I'm giving it the description to all my buddies, and, and, and you do anything out there, you're going to be in big trouble. And I said, thank you, sir. And I pulled up, and all my buddies were amazed because is that the way I would normally act in the flesh? Daughters, is that, is that, is that my natural nature? You've been on vacation. We've ha- Is that my natural nature? But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit of God can take his word and transform your life. And in the very day that you don't read that word, the devil's looking for some way to get in and steal, kill, and destroy you. You've got to be in this word. That was a simple one. Does it take a a scholar to understand what that proverb said? A soft answer turns away wrath. How many of y'all don't know what that means? You're probably like, I ain't raising my hand, man. But How many of y'all do know what that means? Soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. How many of y'all could have used that this week? How many of y'all could have used that this morning with your wife? No, I'm just saying that. I'm just saying, you get provoked, don't you? That's how easy Proverbs is. God will make something stick out that is relevant, that's easy. It's the book of wisdom. Wisdom helps you see life from God's perspective. That's what it's for. No matter what's going on in life, you see it from God's perspective. Whether you're parenting, whether you're a spouse, whether you're an employee or an employer. Because we jump to conclusions a lot, don't we? And often it's only to our we're jumping off a cliff <laughs> to our death. Man, we need to hear from God. We need his, his word in our life. So here's what I want to do. Next week, I know we haven't got this. I've thrown you some scripture today. All right, I preach the word. I could take you another half hour, 45 minutes easy into these four verses. But I'm thinking some of y'all have been praying. <laughs> and I just heard the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit's like, you know what? I think this is what we wanna do today. And, and honestly, as we were worshiping, as I've been praying, I, I know I'm supposed to talk about raising children and, and, and all of that. It's there. But what's burning in my heart is that you are in His Word. That's what's burning in my heart that you're in his word because you can't raise your kids the way God wants you to raise them without being in God's word. You see how easy things get in and stir junk up and change things. Any of y'all ever try to discipline kids with anger? Yeah, how well does that work? In fact, Proverbs says it doesn't work at all (laughs) and it only makes a mess of things. Proverbs is so valuable, valuable, y'all. I want to challenge you, even just this week, from the youngest one to the oldest one. Man, if you're reading here, look at this, man. I'm I'm just gonna be blunt with you. There were days I would wake up in the morning and go sit down. I ain't gonna tell you where I was sitting, but I'm just saying. <laughs> Literally, dude, you can wake up in the morning tomorrow. What's the day? Let Yep, you're right, 28, today's the 20th. You go sit down and, and, and read chapter 28 today. Tomorrow morning, wake up and the first thing you do, because guess what's gonna happen if it's not the first thing you do? Who's gonna distract you? Yeah, the devil's going to. You're like, no, that's my child. Well, the devil's using him, right? Devil ever use your kids? I'm just saying. But literally, it doesn't take, man, but a couple of minutes, it doesn't take a lot. Sit down somewhere. I know moms, you go to the bathroom and slam the door and all you can see is fingers underneath there, right? But, and dads, dads are really, I mean, I know dads are good at hiding in the bathroom, man. <laughs> Another story, but sit down and read the book of Proverbs. Read the chapter. Tomorrow, I'll read chapter 29. And before you read, say, God, open my eyes. Let me see something awesome out of your word. In Psalm 119, it's the longest chapter in the entire Bible. And guess what all but one or two verses talk about? The Word of God and how valuable it is in your life. Where can a young man go to cleanse his ways? Oh, you can go to counseling because insurance covers it. (laughs) Yeah, you can, but you can go to the Word of God and it's there. The world's got us going to all the wrong places for all the answers all their parenting books, all their marriage books, all their stuff, and, and 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 little bits of humanistic stuff gets in there. Nothing wrong gets into the Word of God, especially when the Holy Spirit's the author and he lives inside of you. And you can read it, and he's only going to cut off a big enough piece that you can chew on. Because nobody likes choking, do they, Tiny? Yeah, man, he's not going to, like, dump it all on you. He's going to just give you what he wants you to apply that day. So, man, just sit down somewhere. First thing, before you wake up, don't try to do it in bed because, man, you might just sleep. Just get up, open up to Proverbs 29. Do it tonight even. But 28 and say, God, open my eyes and let me see something awesome out of your word, which, by the way, is Psalm 119.18. Let me see something awesome out of your word. Ask him. Ask him to make one verse stick out to you. Well, I want to know it all. That's your problem. You're not. Get one verse to apply to your life, and you will be amazed at how that one verse will rock your world that day. God, open my eyes and let me see something awesome out of your word. Help me see one verse, make it stick out to me, and read that whole chapter. And if nothing stuck out, read it again. It's only 30 verses. I mean, dude, you read, how many of y'all read more than 30 verses on Facebook or social media, right? Oh, I don't have time. Well, then rearrange your priorities. (laughs) I'm just saying. It's simple. Make one verse stick out to me. And then you can take that, screenshot it. You, I mean, you could even just make that right in the front of your, your Bible. You, you make it whatever. But make it so it's accessible. So every time your phone comes on, there's the verse. Make it so every time you push that out, there's the verse. Because when, how many, uh, Brad, I haven't picked on you all day. And I told you last time, I'm sorry, I neglected you last time. I never picked on you last time. And Brad, how many things can you think of at one time? one, one. You can switch real quick, but you can only think of one. So if you're thinking of the right thing, you can't be thinking of the... And so when you're thinking of the wrong thing, if you pop open that verse, there it is on your phone, boom. You can meditate on it. Meditate like a cow chewing the cud, man. You know what cows do, right? They chew it all up, eat that grass when it's fresh in the morning, full of juice, and they fill up all their stomachs, and man, they're, they're set. Later on, the day when it's all dry and they get hungry, do they have to go to 7-Eleven and get a grilled Cuban and a Slurpee? No. You know what they do? Or or La Perla? No, dude, you know what they do? They just go, and they barf it up and chew on it again, and then they swallow it and barf it up and chew on it and swallow. They keep bringing it up until it has no more nutritional value. Let me ask you a question, Chrissy, is there ever a time when we barf up the Word of God and it has no nutritional value? No, it's good eternally. And it tastes way better than, yeah, you know, tacos the second time around. But I'm just saying, literally, if you don't put it in, you can't bring it back out. And so he wants you to, God's maybe giving you situations so you can keep bringing it up and put it away. And then guess what? You own it. And once you own it, hey, Skylar, once you own the word of God and it's yours and it's been applied, can anybody take it away from you? No, you can't. It's the truth and it's yours now. That's how it becomes yours. If it's only your daddy always teaching it to you, whose is it when you don't want to apply it? It's my daddy's. But once God makes it real, it's yours now. And it's from God. So man, whatever the date is, read that chapter. Ask God to show you something awesome out of his word. And take that one verse, meditate on it all day long. Remember mine? A soft answer turns away. Wrath, grievous words stir up. Could God not have been more relevant in my life that day? You're like, well, I've been with you a few times where you could have used that verse. Well, he didn't give it to me that day. But seriously, man, his word's alive. You can understand it. You can understand it. Just read it. He'll let you understand what you need to understand. But more important than understanding a whole bunch is applying what he does give you. You got to apply it. Let's pray. Father, um, this is what you've had burn in my heart. (laughs) Even though this whole Ephesians chapter one has been burned, or chapter six has been burning my heart, and today so much wanted to tell kids to obey their parents and parents to teach their kids how to obey and how there's promise and all of that with it, and tell dads to encourage their kids so that they're not discouraging them and provoking them. And Father, all those things are so necessary, but I got to answer to you, and you wanted this to come out. I could give people all the instructions in the world, but in our carnal flesh, we can't pull it off. We need the power of your Holy Spirit using your Holy Word to change our lives to be holy. Father, um, I pray that we would dig into your Word And Father, maybe if we don't understand it, maybe it's because we don't really have the Holy Spirit living in us. And maybe it's through that that you will give us a desire and ability to surrender everything we know about ourselves to everything we know about you. And we'll invite you to come in and take over our lives. Father, if there's somebody here that that does not have you living inside them, someone that's never surrendered themselves to you, Father, um, this book is not going to be alive for them because it's only the Holy Spirit that lives in you that makes it alive. So, Father, I pray that there's someone here that doesn't know you that today be the day you give them a desire they can't refuse. I pray for most folks here, and it's even those people that give their life to you today. I pray for everyone that when they do open your word, that you would show them something awesome. It would blow them away. And for the maybe a renewed interest, maybe the first time in their life, Father, I pray that you give us such a desire that when we go to sleep at night, we can't wait to wake up and hear from you. It's awesome when we have that personal relationship and it's thriving with you. Father, it's awesome because we know that then you have everything under control. And if you want to speak, we can hear you. So Father, help us to be healthy because we eat healthy food spiritually. And I pray for these things in Jesus' name.